Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hi, everyone. I want to do a little introduction in this episode because it's kind of special. My close colleague and sometimes agency partner, Kathy Onetto, and I have been talking a lot recently about the topic of leaving corporate. This is an important topic these days because of the pandemic, and it brought on a huge outflux of people from full-time jobs, whether that was by choice or as a result of factors outside of their control. I'm sure you've heard about it. The media is calling it the great resignation. Well, I'm talking about when you leave a full-time job, whether it's at a company for most people, when they call themselves an employee of some sort, working in a particular area of expertise, or as a creative professional at an in-house internal marketing or design department or at an agency of some kind. Well, Kathy and I have had requests from our listeners as well as our private coaching clients to address this topic on our podcast in depth. So we decided to do a series of podcast episodes together and each of us post them on our respective podcasts. Now, Kathy's podcast is called Sustainable Ambition and you can find a link to it in the show notes. And as we started planning the episode series, we realized it's a really big topic and we could probably write a book on it. So the idea quickly grew into a five-episode series. So the topics of the five-episode series will break down like this. In the first episode, we'll talk about how to start building your brand while you're still employed. And then in the second episode, we'll talk about recognizing when it's time to go. And in the third, what to do before you pull the plug, Number four is going to be all about getting resourced and how you start building. And then number five is getting your brand and your new business going, the setup and beyond. Now, we've never attempted something like this kind of joint podcast idea before. So we knew there would be a lot of learnings that came up while we were doing it. And we both kind of like being crash test dummies in that regard. Let's just do it and see what happens. So one thing we noticed after the first episode was that when you get two podcasters together, one of you inevitably ends up leading the conversation kind of in the interviewer way. And when you listen back, it kind of sounds like their show. So what I'm trying to say is in these five episodes, Leaving Corporate Series, sometimes Kathy is leading the conversation and sometimes I take the lead for the episode. And when she leads, it feels like her show. And sometimes when I'm leading, it feels like my show. It's a little weird, like I said. So we ended up just kind of splitting it up, who would lead the conversation. So try not to be confused about that part of it. So let's jump right into the conversation in the third episode of the Leaving Corporate series, where we talk about what to do before you pull the plug. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to this series on leaving corporate and going out on one's own, which we shared previously really means you're starting a business if you didn't catch that already. So I am Kathy Onetto, host of the Sustainable Ambition Podcast. And I'm Philip Van Dusen, host of the Brand Design Masters Podcast. We are doing this series together and we're posting them on each of our podcasts because we believe this is an interesting topic for all of our listeners. So I'm going to be kind of leading the conversation today. Philip and I have recognized that it's usually helpful for one of us to take the lead as we're going through this series, but who knows? We'll jump around. We're flexible. Yes. And we'll kind of just see how the conversation takes us. 
And kicking us off, let's briefly just cover where we've been so far in this series. So we kicked off at the beginning and said, like, we realized, wow, this is a series, this topic. It's it's a big topic. And as we started to break it down, we started with, we think it's four episodes, and then all of a sudden it grew to five. So <laughs> here we are at episode number three, and we've had two episodes of the series so far. And we've been following this analogy of a trip. And this idea of think about it almost as if it's your hero's journey of leaving corporate and going out on your own. And the first episode really talked about what's your character? Who is this hero? And essentially, what's your personal brand? And and why is that important to really think about that? And to think about that, frankly, always in your career, but then especially as you're thinking about potentially the same thing, like, hey, I might be going out on my own. Like, why is it important to start to think about your personal brand? We would probably say it's important always, Philip, I think. The second episode then talked about how to know when it's time to go and how to leave. So we spent some time on that as well. And I thought I would just call out a couple of quick things before we dive into today's topic, because I think it kind of tees up a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. And from the last two episodes, what you might have noticed, and you're probably going to notice it maybe a little bit today as well, is that we've jumped around several of these topics. Some of these topics may not be completely new, and that's not surprising. They really are intertwined and work together. And one of the things we also called out in episode number two was that there are a number of reasons why you might end up choosing to go out on your own. And some of them are within your control and self-directed, and some of them are not in your control and can be sudden or sneak up on you. So that latter one, this like not in your control and being sudden is one reason why we going back to episode number one, we think we should invest in personal branding. It really, the power of it is it gives you optionality. And if you are caught off guard, and you've been mindful of your personal branding, you can have a bit of a softer landing if something like that sudden kind of happens. Now, if things are within your control and you start to see this potentially on the horizon, that's where today's episode comes into play. This is really about planning your adventure. How do you get yourself ready really for this next chapter? So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We have a few different topics to talk about as part of this what to really do before you make the leap? What should you be planning for as you think about this adventure that might be on the horizon? Philip, I know when you, and maybe you can choose which experience you want to talk about, but you know, when, cause when you first made the leap, it was a little more sudden. And so I'm kind of curious how you, in that case may have handled planning or, you know, you first went out on your own. And then we talked about how you also started to create your agency. So whichever planning model you want to kind of lean into, but how did you kind of handle planning? How did you think about it? Yeah. And as I shared in an earlier episode, my move away from corporate agency into my own thing was more sudden and it wasn't really planned and I didn't really plan for it. But I think that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share it because there are listeners who might have gone through that or it been a little more jarring than something that became very planful. And so one of the things I did though, when I decided to step away, and one of the reasons why I stepped away was because I wasn't really happy doing what I was doing anymore. And I wasn't really feeling like I had a passion for it anymore. So my plan was not to have figured out, oh, how can I continue to do this thing on my own? My plan was like, how can I figure out how to do something else? 
And so that's where really my journey started when I stepped away was that I went through a period of self-discovery. So I started working with an executive coach where I did a lot of kind of internal work around my passion, my interests, looking at, you know, my Myers-Briggs, which had actually changed in the, you know, since I'd taken it 10 years before. And looking at how can I discover what it is that I'm going to be doing in the future. And so I um, started connecting with a lot of network partners, including you, Kathy, working with a coach. I started doing a lot of informational interviews. So I started getting this kind of inkling of an idea of really being interested in American craft and craftsmanship and the, the whole maker's culture that was kind of exploding at that time. And I started contacting heads of companies that were doing really interesting things in that space and going off and just saying, hey, can I have half an hour of your time in your office and pick your brain around what it is you're doing with this particular company? So I did a lot of searching and also just exploring what there was outside of this walled world that I've been living in for 20 years. Well, Kathy, we talked about this in a previous episode. We started a online accessories company that was based around story and provenance of goods, et cetera. And when we did that, I started to get in there and get my hands dirty, doing a lot of design and brand building work that I'd been very kind of distant from before. And that really changed how I was viewing and my interest in what I was doing. And it kind of rekindled my passion for it. But because we were on our own, you were on the West Coast and your home office, I was on the East Coast in my home office. Suddenly, I was very disconnected from any kind of network or feedback. I was in a new sea of things that I didn't really know that much about. So I sought out a mastermind group and joined a paid mastermind group full of people who were building personal brands and and entrepreneurial businesses. And that's really where I started to understand what this new world could be or what it even entailed. And so for me, that was one of the major steps in, if you could say so, planning for my next independent consulting sort of gig was I surrounded myself with people who were in that world and doing that work so I could figure out like, what is it that's possible? How do you even approach this? So that's one of the things I did. How about you? Yeah, this is so interesting. And I I think I ended up doing some of the things that you did, Philip, but I'll, I'll build on it. What I'm going to pull through, because you're making me realize a few things that you did that I think I did as well. And that for me show up as I've been doing research around sustainable ambition and what I think are some important things for people to think about in this realm. You know, from a planning perspective, I'm someone who maybe I think about myself too much, (laughs) meaning I do do self-discovery work. And I think as I work with people in this space, I'm not saying you said this, Philip, but so many people are not in touch with who they are and what they want and what they want now. And what you need for that is some space. You need space to explore. That's what I heard you say is like, I gave myself some space to explore. And that was part of my planning is that I did give myself a little bit of that space to explore. I also took a sabbatical before I went out on my own. And I'll admit too, even there, actually, I tried to figure it out during that time. And it was the wrong thing for me to be doing because I was getting too hung up on trying to figure it out instead of just enjoying my sabbatical. So there's time for these things where you kind of may need to give yourself some space for that exploration. And so that was one thing that I did. The other thing that I want to call out was two things. 
One is that certainly before I went out on my own, I got my husband on board with this decision to go out on my own, right? That personal plan, that financial plan to kind of do that. And one of the things you called out, and I think this is important, I know I am privileged to have been in this position, but it's also not without planning and having some beliefs around saving for a rainy day, if you will. Thinking about your finances, I know you said this, Philip, when you had something a little bit more sudden, you were also fortunate to have some savings to kind of give yourself some space and some runway to kind of allow you to explore and find what was next. And so I think about it as building optionality. So being able to have some finances where you've been thoughtful about saving, frankly, and not spending everything if you're fortunate enough to do that because it buys you some optionality and it extends your runway. And so I think it was some pre-planning around that that I think also helped me before I went out on my own. There's some other things that I did, but I'll kind of pause there to see if you have any reaction to what I've shared. Yeah, I'd love to, if it's not right now, but in in just a little bit, I'd love to talk or focus in on a little bit about that pause time, about what happens in that pause time. Because I experienced something that I was not expecting, which was I didn't realize how much of my self-identity was tied up in the company that I worked for and the title that I held and the level that I was working at. And suddenly when those things were gone, I had to create an entirely new conception of who I was and my self-worth. Because when you are carrying a business card with a big fancy company, a big fancy title, there is a level of you know weight that's carried and it carries into any conversation. And suddenly when you don't have that and you have a business card with a company that no one's ever heard of before, and unless you are constantly referencing your last job, which I you know tried not to do, you have to establish kind of a new presence for yourself. And that is a psychological transition that I don't think a lot of people even anticipate is going to happen. Did you experience that? I experienced a similar thing, and I think you and I had the same surprise. This even happened to me actually as I went into my sabbatical. And I've heard this from other people too, as they do these transitions and even as they go out on their own, where they start to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm having an identity crisis. And I think about it as there's the personal planning you can do. And then there is, as you said in this, there's this transition kind of planning that one needs to do. As I look back on it now, and I think what people may not realize is that the reality is when you go to make a switch like this, it is a transition. And there are different stages to transitions. And I kind of go back to the seminal book that William Bridges wrote on transitions. There's an ending. There's a neutral zone and there's a new beginning. And it's in that, frankly, probably the ending and in that neutral zone where this kind of surprise of like, wait, how do I tell people what I'm doing? How do I talk about this? What is my story? What is my story even to myself? Yes. The reality is for better or worse in the United States, what's the first question everybody asks you? What do you do for work? Right. It's not uncommon for most people, especially ambitious people, to kind of lean into like, well, I'm a VP of design, I'm a VP of strategy, I'm this, I'm that, right? It's very easy to kind of have that as an anchor. And when that goes away, it it throws you off. 
for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think we talked about that in a previous episode about how you need to start thinking about what your story is going to be. And that I think is one of those preparatory things that you can do while you're still employed that will help you start to establish some sort of psychological level of independence. And if you're fortunate enough to have that kind of forethought or planning to do, that's a great step. But what I would say is that if you aren't fortunate in that way, and you, maybe you're looking at being self-employed out of coming out of a layoff or something of that nature, then you still have to understand that there is that work that you're going to have to do. There is that psychological kind of shift and kind of inflection point where you're going to have to figure out how to redefine yourself and also figure out how to redescribe yourself. That's one of those things I totally wanted to touch on is that there is a shock that goes on in moving from corporate to independence in your level of self-identity and how you address that. Yeah. And I think this is the thing that I want to punctuate about that as well is just that there is an emotional journey that happens with this. And so there is an internal journey. So how you describe yourself, how you tell your narrative, it's one aspect of it. But I think it's helpful from my perspective to raise awareness of this because I think sometimes people are surprised. And if you can be aware of the fact that, oh, I'm going through a transition and having taken a class uh, with an individual who had done, she got her PhD doing work on rites of passage, these different rites of passage during our lifetimes. And unfortunately, in our modern culture, a lot of the rituals around those rites of passage have evaporated. We don't have the structural support that people often need as they're going through these stages. And what I found really helpful in listening to her talk about this was that, oh, if you go in with eyes wide open, you can help craft the support you might need as you're going through a transition. And you even brought this up, Philip, like there's internal support you need. There's external support that you can look for as you're going through a transition and coming out the other side. And you mentioned that, like you got an executive coach who could be a partner for you. You found a community you could participate in. And so that's one of the things on the transition plan that I'd like to just call out for people because I know I went through another transition and that's where I had learned about this. And I realized like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much of a transition I was going through and that I have to craft this transition plan, right? I need to craft how I'm going to support myself as I go through this. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a break and tell you that my signature course, Brand Strategy 101, is now open for enrollment inside the Brand Design Masters Academy. This is a foundational course for creative professionals and entrepreneurs who want to get started with brand strategy so you can sell bigger projects, increase your fees for the creative work you already do, and get paid for the thinking and advice you've probably been given away for free. The moment you enroll, you get immediate lifetime access to seven modules of training with over eight hours of instructional videos, 25 lessons in all, plus 24 downloadable strategy tools and conversation guides. In Brand Strategy 101, I've taken complex strategic methodologies used by the world's most respected global branding agencies and crafted them into a deceptively simple turnkey process and toolkit that you can use with your clients, even if you've never done brand strategy before or don't know where to start. Brand Strategy 101 draws from my 25 years of experience working with clients ranging from entrepreneurs to small to medium-sized businesses all the way up to the Fortune 100. 
So if you're ready to up your game and bulletproof your career and protect your business from the downward pricing pressure of sites like Fiverr and Upwork, then Brand Strategy 101 is the place to start. Just go to philipvandusen.com BS101 and enroll in Brand Strategy 101 today. Again, just go to philipvandusen.com BS101 and enroll now. Yeah, and I think that one of the most important aspects of starting to network in this mastermind community with other solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, was that it showed me, I mean, as much planning as I thought I had done in my head about how I would have a brand consultancy, what I would offer, what I would do, I had no idea the scope of potential possibilities I could have and how to go about that. Just for instance, you know, I was thinking, okay, I've got to get some clients. I'm going to do some design work. I'll do some consulting. I'll share my expertise with people, maybe be a temporary VP of design for companies that can't afford internal marketing departments, right? And then as I got into this mastermind group, I realized there are people who are doing this, but they're also launching a YouTube channel or they're also developing a digital course that they're giving and then they're recording it and putting it up as evergreen content that they can earn passive income from. There are people who are writing books. There are people who are setting up websites and landing pages to deliver lead magnets so they can build their email list. And so they can develop a newsletter and publish their content through people who actually have signed up and want to hear from them. There were all these sorts of activities, marketing level activities that I was not familiar with, you know, speaking circuits, paid mastermind groups, right? So there were all these options that could flower out of what your core business idea was. And those were things that I had no previous experience with and no concept that to a certain extent even existed. And so when those things came on my radar from watching other people build their businesses, I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I could do that. Like, what would I have to learn in order to have a YouTube channel or to start a podcast? Or how do I start an email list? What would I do with an email list? And all of those things were not in my original concept. They weren't in my original business model canvas of like how I was going to run my business. You're making me realize, Philip, as I was looking back at some of my notes on like what I had actually planned, I realized that I planned more on the, what I'm going to say, the hard stuff. And what I mean is not difficult, but like I'm realizing the personal plan and the transition plan, that's kind of like the soft side The like, you know, it's not all soft, but you know, it's kind of, how am I going to support myself emotionally? The personal plan is, is more than that. I actually had thought about my what am I going to go out on my own doing? I don't think I thought about that enough, like the business model that you're talking about. But I did think about like, how do I want to present myself? In marketing, it's not uncommon to just be a contractor for people. When when I say contractor, it's also, it's more, I don't like how this sounds, but this is the reality of it. Somebody's going out on maternity leave. Can you come in and like do that role for three to six months? And then you move on to the next. And I knew I didn't want to present myself in that way, right? That's one way of going out on your own is just participate as a contractor in Mm. this gig economy in that kind of way. And I wanted to present myself differently. I wanted my business model to be different than that. 
So I had thought about that. And I had also thought about like, okay, well, what are my success metrics around this? How do I know this is what I really want to keep doing? Like, is this going to stick? Is this going to work for me? So I actually did that. And I crafted a high level rough business plan for myself in terms of what I thought I was going to do around kind of building an agency model, including like identifying partners. You and I talked, I talked with other people. I thought about what resources I would need in a partnership kind of model. So I did some of that, but like you, it's not surprising, like we're starting up and yet you pivot along the way. And I continue to learn about business models. So some of what you're describing too, like all these different options that are actually out there in this world of solopreneurship or being a small business owner, there's so many models. And I think sometimes when we go out, we don't always realize that's what's possible. And you had talked about in a prior episode, doing a competitive audit. And we were saying like part of the benefit of starting to to do that is that you can get some inspiration. You can start to see like, right. ooh, is somebody doing something that interests you or like that looks kind of cool and like just sparks for you in some way? Yeah. And that's what being in the mastermind did for one thing. There were a couple things. When you were talking, one of the things that you said, which was I reached out to you. And when I thought of starting my own thing, I knew that I wanted to do a virtual sort of agency where it was a partnership model where I would either white label my services under other people. They would do that with me. It was more of a partnership sort of economy model. So I reached out to a half dozen previous partners that I really liked working with and I thought were very talented. And I just asked them, I say, hey, you know, if I land the clients, land the work, will you work these projects with me if it's outside of my core skill set? And everyone said yes. So I suddenly had a wonderful basket of like people who I really loved and respected and dug working with in the past. So I had that aspect of business structure sussed out. What I didn't anticipate was that I realized that I didn't want to work with a Fortune 500 anymore. I wanted to work with entrepreneurs and startups and solopreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses. So I said in a previous episode, my accumulated network of my 20 years were all still living in big agency, big corporate. They were going to be no use to me in getting clients at the scale of the sorts of clients that I wanted. So I had to figure out toot sweet, like how am I going to get clients? And that's when these sorts of new ways of going about it, my antenna was up for. My antenna was up for like, okay, how am I going to get clients in this new sort of milieu that I find myself in? And that's when I started really kind of gathering those observations from the people in this mastermind group and other people I was networking with who were doing very innovative, unusual things for me and my knowledge of ways to attract clients to themselves. And that's where my brain just really kind of exploded. And for another reason, also, I may sound introverted on YouTube and on my podcast, but I'm a wallflower sort of dude. You put me in a conference and I'm like the last person who's going to come up and talk to you. (laughs) And I was petrified by the idea of having to reach out cold to anybody in terms of new business. And so when I heard about content marketing and started to learn about all the different ways you could do it, I thought, oh, this is going to be my jam. Because if I can draw people to me who want to do business with me so I don't have to go out and find them, I'm going to put my back and my energy into content marketing like nobody's business. And so that was one of the things that was kind of birthed out of my own personality type and necessitated my having to approach building this aspect, the new business engine of my business in a completely different way than I had done in the past. Because in my past agency life, it was like all the big clients came to us. 
Sometimes we would have to go out and pitch and, you know, present a credentials deck and win people over and stuff like that. But that's not how I was going to be getting business for my new consultancy. So I had to design something different. I love what you just shared, Philip, and I think it's such a great example of one of the things I'm really passionate about that I've learned on my journey. And frankly, I'm still figuring out for myself, just being transparent about this, which is as people go out on their own to know, and it might seem obvious because you might be like, well, look, I'm a designer. I'm going to be designing things, right? I'm, I'm a whatever. I'm a marketer and I'm going to go do marketing consulting, right? It might seem obvious to you what you're going to do. But just know there are a lot of different business models out there and there are different ways to attract clients to you. And we are not all wired to do the same thing. Right. And I think it's really important to think about this. And it's what I've learned where I realized I've started to go down a path. And this is fine. This is how you learn. But I started to go down a path. And as I was going along, I'm like, huh actually, I don't know that that's really where I'm headed because if I need to do X, Y, and Z to get there, I don't think that's a good fit for me mm-hmm. as what brings me joy when I'm in flow, what my skill sets are. And so it's just to know that because I think I said this on a prior podcast episode that you're going to be bombarded with, you should do a course, you should build a oh my gosh, yes. community, you should do this. And they're going to all sound like that is the one thing to do. It's totally shiny object syndrome at the beginning. It's overwhelming. It can be, right? And yeah. so to know that there are different business models out there. And I think what I appreciate about what you shared, Philip, was that You kind of identified the problem and then you were taking in all of what you were learning and then you leaned into like, ooh, that's my jam. And you went deep into it and it's been successful for you. One of those kind of larger scope for thinking things that you have to address when you're thinking about your own new business. And that is, what is the scope of it going to be? Because when I was in that mastermind community, one of the things that people would ask me all the time, because I was the branding guy, was like, should I name my business after myself or should I give my business a name? Because I've done a lot of you know naming in the past and stuff like that. And I was also offering up my brand consultancy's experience for free within this community to make connections and get to know people. And also to practice a little bit at the level that I was now going to be working on. And one of the things that I kind of figured out was that if you're starting your own business and it's going to be a personal branded business or an entrepreneurial business, you kind of have to decide, is this going to be all about me or do I ever want to sell this? Or do I ever want to bring in high level partners who are equal partners in this sort of business? Or how do I ultimately want to scale this? Because you have to decide those things when it comes time to just naming your business, which is like, Number one, like, what am I going to put on my business card? Because if you name it after yourself, you can't sell your name. You can't scale beyond you. And no matter what, all of your clients will always be looking for their interaction with you as the principal. You may have secondary people, but they came to the business for you and your name. If you name it, you know, the name of an agency, you know, rocket ship agency or whatever that is. You can sell that down the line. You can scale. You can bring in equal partners who can allow you to scale it to the point where you could eventually divest yourself of the company or agency and sell it. So you have to kind of think about that sort of down the road, where do you want to take this thing? And there's no right or wrong way. That's one of those things that very upfront, you got to put a stake in the ground. 
I mean, you can evolve. You can start off naming it after yourself and then eventually develop a, a business name and kind of doing business as sort of thing. But it's one of those questions that I think that you have to address. And you and I both started off kind of doing business under our own names and then added in business names and then secondary business names too as we expanded, right? Yeah. And, you know, and you're listening to two brand people. <laughs> okay. So I just, not to diss us, but just to say, it gets mucky. It gets it like does, branding right. can be hard and making these decisions can be hard. And yet, as Philip's saying, this is one of the core things to really think about in your planning is how do you want to show up and how do you want to brand yourself? And I'm just going to be transparent and saying mine has been a little messy. And I both chose to your point, Philip, I chose not to just say like Kathy Onetto Consulting. And again, it was because of how I wanted to present myself and how I wanted to show up. And I will say that strategic decision to say the agency Onetto versus Kathy Onetto Consulting absolutely changed how people saw what they think my business is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that terminology can set expectations for what people might experience from you. And so if I was going in, like I had the opportunity to pitch for a very large company in my first year, this brand architecture assignment, and that was a possibility. If I had presented myself solely as Kathy Onetto Consulting, there's no way I would have been given that opportunity. Mm. I wouldn't have shown up as a credible resource in my belief, for to be able to offer the full services that client needed. And so I do think this is important. And yet, you know, to your point, Philip, there's a reason why sustainable ambition is sustainable ambition too. And, and it's not just Kathy Onetto coaching. There are these strategic choices you need to make. And yet, having said all that, there are a lot of good examples of people who use their name. You know, one woman who I follow and I'm part of her community is Dory Clark. Dory shows up as Dory Clark. You know, that is her website. She is a recognized expert that has been quite successful for her. And she's not the only one. There are plenty of people out there. But I think you're emphasizing this is, is really a great point. And I just want to say, just know, again, it can get a little messy. And I think we said on a prior episode, this is why considering either doing like a barter with somebody who brings that expertise and maybe you offer something and they offer the like being a thought partner on your branding, joining a mastermind, joining a community where you can get some feedback from other people, consider something like that. Because as we said, it's hard to do branding for yourself and make some of these strategic decisions. It's hard to do it in a vacuum. It's helpful to have other people's perspectives. And it's almost really impossible to understand the scope of what is possible now in a vacuum. I used to say at the very beginning that joining a mastermind group, which I am a massive convert of now, I mean, I even run my own paid mastermind groups now, is that it added rocket fuel to my growth. If I had tried to learn and do and figure out all of these things on my own, it would have taken me five times as long easily. And I don't know that I even probably would have gotten to where I am if I tried to do it myself. So I think that's a really important point. And the other point I just want to kind of highlight with you is that the point you're making about the messiness of it. Just like any business evolves, entrepreneurial businesses, to a certain extent, in my view, evolve faster and sometimes have a messier periods of time than almost any other business. And so that's one of those things I would say when you're planning is that you have to plan for the mess, right? You have to plan and give yourself the license trying to nail jello to the wall to a certain extent because you have to put a stake in the ground. 
But you have to realize that from the very beginning, that goalpost is going to shift over and over and over again. And your business model or even your audience, your avatar, what it is that you're offering may not be the same in a year or even two years from where you are right now. You got to start, right? You have to put a stake in the ground and figure out some sort of plan to begin with. But you also have to be open to the fact that that may evolve very quickly for a number of reasons. Your avatar may not be open or interested in what it is that you're offering as much as you thought they were going to be. You might not be as good at delivering it as you thought you were going to be. You might not really like doing it with that particular audience as much as you thought. And then the other part of it is like you may realize that, oh, there's this marketing approach or there's this product delivery approach that if I shifted or pivoted to this, I would like it more and it would I could be more successful. So there's all sorts of uh, pivot points or gears that change and shift as you're building this thing. And to go into it expecting that that's going to happen is going to make it a lot less painful. Because if you go in thinking that it's static and you're going to like stick to your guns for three years, you're setting yourself up for a lot of pain. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And uh, I think you just have to be willing to go on the ride. And it's one of the things I think this time of being a solopreneur or being my, you know, running my own business is a time of living into not knowing. Mm. And I know that people not knowing is really challenging. It's one of the things that I think stresses us out the most. You know, we really like to know. We want to know. And I've talked with a lot of people in my community about this. And I was even asked by my coach, what's so great about knowing? And really like, (laughs) what? that's a great question. (laughs) Right. And I I love how one of my other mentors has said, like, you know, if you know, there's one path, if you don't know, there's all kinds of possibilities. And I really love that reframe. And I also kind of took what my coach had asked and built on it and kind of thought for myself, like, really, what do I need to know now? Like, what do I really need to know now? And there's like, in the end, I'm like, there's not too, too much. I absolutely need to know now. I just need to know what I want to test next, what action I want to know next. And so even though, and this is a great way to maybe end this episode, Philip, which is even though we're telling you to plan and be intentional, like think about your personal plan, think about that transition plan, think about what your business model is that you want to initially start with, think about your brand plan but then also hold it lightly. And we're going to also talk about in the next episode, building on this, this idea of like, okay, it's time to get resourced. You're about to like head out on this trip and you got to build what you're going to be taking with you. So you need to start, like you said, somewhere, but just this idea of holding it lightly so that you know that it gives you some permission to let it evolve, I think is, is wise guidance from you. Because there are so many different ways of going about things now, because of how the digital entrepreneur space is, you want to do everything, but you can't do everything. There's no way you can come out of the gate touching every one of these kind of activities as much as you want to. So you have to kind of choose a subset of those and start. And you may find that some work for you, some don't. And then you sub some out with something new. So not only around your business concept, but around your your resources and your infrastructure, do you also have to kind of make an, an informed choice from the outset and then be open to the fact that you will be dropping and picking up tools as you go along and that's going to be evolving too. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I hope everyone has gotten a lot out of this conversation and gotten you excited to plan, you know, before you take the leap and then come back for the last two episodes where we're going to be really getting into action and talking about how do you actually start to build what you need before you go out on your own and then like, yep, you've now made the leap and you're doing it. And what does that look like? So this has been great, Philip. I'm looking forward to the next conversations. All right. So everyone listening, come to us and listen to episode four and five because you want to hear the rest of the journey. Awesome. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.